Thank you for listening today. We hope that this message from God's Word will help you to grow in your knowledge of God and your relationship with Him. At Lucy Baptist Church, we are fully committed to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. Now here's today's message. Well, I, Karen and I are blessed to be looking forward to having two new babies. Have I told you that lately? Uh, if I haven't, Karen has. Uh, one in October, granddaughter, and one in November. And we're really excited about that. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to holding those little babies in our arms and loving them. And I, and I, I did a little search here. I found out that babies, human babies, generally, you know, they start off on milk, but, but generally begin eating solid food somewhere between four and six months. And if I'm not right on that, you can correct me after the service this morning, all right? Some of you remember the, uh, more recently, we've been praying for some time for a little fella, a grandson of two of our members and son of former members, um, uh, Luke Bone, the son of, uh, of, of Patrick and Amanda Bone and, and grandson of Edwin and Sheila Bone. And uh, he, uh, he, when he was for, for some time, when he got to four to six months of age, he wasn't interested in solid food. He wanted to stay on the bottle. Well, um, the doctor said, well, some children are just slower in their development. Well, he continued on a bottle right on up to 12 months, one year old. He's still not interested in solid food. He only wanted the bottle. And so at that point, they began some therapy with him, trying to help him, maybe find out what's causing this problem. Why is he not interested in solid food? And so some therapists who, who, who her experts in that field began to work with him and trying to help him uh, develop uh, desire for solid foods. Uh, but the process just continued. Uh, in fact, um, all the way up to the time that Luke was three and a half years old, he was still only interested in the bottle. Three and a half years old. And so Patrick and Amanda made the decision, we're just taking him off the bottle. And so that's exactly what they did. Well, for some time, uh, it was very difficult because he began very slowly, very slowly, uh, and, and, and with great difficulty, eating solid food little by little. But gradually, more and more, until now, six months later, at four years of age, Little Luke is eating solid food, and he loves it. In fact, on his fourth birthday, just a couple of weeks ago, he had his first birthday cake at four years of age. And, and so, praise God, he is developing more and more and going to school and learning to speak. And so we praise God for his, for his progress. You know, this passage that we've read to you today confronts some believers who were still on spiritual milk when they should have been on solid spiritual food. And as a result, they were not growing. You know, God's plan for us is that from the time we are born again into his family, he becomes our Lord. His plan for us is that we begin growing immediately and that we grow and grow. And in fact, whether, we're, whether we come to know, whether we're a believer at 12 and live to be 112, you know this to be true, we never arrive. We never arrive because God's plan is to make us like Jesus. And so therefore, this process of spiritual growth 
that the, what the Bible calls sanctification, that process of our, of our spiritual life, of our salvation that is growing in Christ-likeness, we never complete that stage of our development. And, uh, and the Bible says in, in 1 Peter 2, verse 2, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Well, just to remind you at this point in our study of the book of Hebrews, uh, we have seen several warning passages. And we come now to another of those warning passages. And this particular one is the severest of all. Now, really, at the beginning here, the writer of Hebrews is sort of taking a, a, a break, and, uh, and he's addressing another subject we were looking at, Christ and his, uh, how he is superior to and greater than uh, Moses and greater than the law, greater than Joshua, greater uh, than, than the Aaronic high priest. And, and now he is the priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we'll see a good bit more of that from this point forward. But he's beginning here again with this very strong, strong warning. And this warning, as we're going to see if we get to verse 4 next Sunday, is one of the most challenging passages and quite frankly, one of the most controversial passages in all the book of Hebrews. But God has a correct interpretation, amen, and we want to seek him for that. So let me go ahead, in case I forget later, you be praying for me this week as I study and seek to pr prepare uh, this message for, for next Lord's Day. But this opening statement really is, uh, is moving toward this warning about the danger of apostasy. Now that word you may not have in your vocabulary, but basically it's leaving the faith. It's denying Christ and leaving the faith. And so he, as we've already said in our study of the book of Hebrews, he is writing to at least professing believers. There again is differences, but some say, well, Paul's talking to unbelievers. Some say he's talking to believers, but he's at least, I believe, writing to professing believers uh, because as we see in the book of Hebrews, the real proof of whether one is truly a genuine believer is whether or not that person perseveres in the faith. That's the ultimate test. Do they persevere? And we'll see that more as we get on into verse 4. But today, again, we're thinking about this matter of growth, of growing, because again, growing in Christ's likeness, from the point of our salvation to the time God takes us home, again, uh, is a very important matter. In fact, not to grow is a very serious sign. It may even be a sign of apostasy. It may lead to apostasy, and it may be an indication that the person has never truly repented of sin and placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we examine this passage today, I want to urge you today, will you right now open your heart to the Lord and ask yourself the question. Let me ask you, and, and you ask yourself, are you growing up or are you backing up? Because I believe you'll see in this passage that we examine today, you're really doing one or the other. There's no standing still. You're either growing up or you're backing up in your spiritual life. So notice with me several things concerning this matter. First of all, I want you to see the cause for spiritual immaturity. The cause for spiritual immaturity. I want you to see several things from, from uh, this verse, verse 11. First of all, notice that God always has more truth to show us. 
God always has more truth to show us. I'm glad this morning that Jonathan led us into more about Jesus. Because again, that should be the attitude, the hard attitude of every child of God. And the writer begins here, right here in verse 11. He says, and, and about this we have much to say. We have a lot more that we want to say. What is he talking about here again? Back to the last uh, passage there. He was talking about, about Christ being the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And again, we'll see more about that several more times here in the book of Hebrews. But he's saying to you, I want to say more to you about Jesus. I want to say more to you about this, this ministry of high priest. And in fact, he's going to, but he's pausing to say, but, but because of something going on in your life, you're being hindered. So again, this is, give us a word to remind us that whatever you know about Jesus... There's so much more. Amen? There's so much more. I mean, there's so much more. If you've ever had the privilege or the opportunity, as we have, to go to the Grand Canyon, that's one illustration that I can think of, and, and you look out into that beautiful, beautiful creation of God, and you, you see one facet of it, and then you, you go down the road maybe a mile, and you look, and you may see the same area, but now you're looking at it from another angle. That's, only a, that's a poor illustration, but the first one that comes in, the, perhaps the best I can think of, about the depth of Christ, the greatness of Christ, the magnitude of Christ, learning and knowing more and more about Jesus. And he has so much more to say about Jesus, about his person, about his nature, about his love and his grace, about his work. Jesus is so infinite. And that ought to be the attitude of every child of God as we think about him. God has all, always has more, more, more and more truth to show us. And again, that is one reason why that our spiritual growth is so important. It's far more than we can comprehend in, in life or even in eternity. I think that's one of the things that's going to make eternity in, with the Lord so wonderful. Uh, even though we'll no longer be plagued with sin and our sin natures as we are here, uh, we'll, we'll still be learning about Jesus and the depth of his love and the greatness of who he is for all eternity. God wants to reveal that to us. And that is a, that's why we have the Word of God, and that's why we have the Spirit of God. Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 2.10, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And we are indwelt by the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Word of God. He is our teacher, and He wants to reveal truth to us. So let that truth grasp your heart today. But second, I want you to see here in verse 11 that God is hindered in growing us because of our dullness of hearing. God is hindered. Why? Because of our dullness of hearing. John Piper says that all the exhortation that, that have been given up to now in Hebrews, pay close attention, consider, do not harden your heart, fear, be diligent, hold fast. He said all these are doctor's prescriptions, if you will, for the disease of dullness of hearing. Do you know I, I took a study some time ago uh, in, in a, based on scripture, but a study about our biblical health and taking care of our bodies and so forth. And uh, one of the things that came out in that study was that a vast number of illnesses 
that, that we, particularly as Americans, experience and some even die from are preventable diseases. Preventable diseases. If we ate better and exercised more, largely, that's what it kind of boils down to, we could prevent many of the diseases that we have. Well, I want you to know something here, folks. Dullness of hearing is a preventable condition. Dullness of spiritual hearing is a preventable condition. The word for dull here means slow and sluggish. It means lethargic. It pictures the idea of spiritual laziness. And it's going to be used one other time when we get down to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. And then the word hearing, the same word used for hearing, also used in chapter 4, verse 2, where again he says, For the good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Dullness of hearing. What is the picture here? The Word of God. You're, you hear the Word of God, right? It enters your ears. But when it gets to the heart, it is met there with dullness of heart, slowness, sluggishness, uh, lethargicness. And, and so, it, therefore, the Word of God cannot produce what God intends for it to. It will not result in fruit. It will not result in spiritual growth in your life. And that is because of the way you are choosing to be slow or dull of heart. Could this be true of you? Could this describe you today? When Jesus finished the parable of the four soils, where, the, where he says the seed is the word of God, he says, take care then. Jesus says, take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. That is exactly, I believe, what is happening in the lives of these believers in Hebrews or professing believers and what is happening to many today. They're not taking care of how they hear. They're not paying close attention to what they hear and the way they receive the Word of God. James talks about that as well. Peter talks about that. Uh, and again, we, the Bible talks about uh, the fact that we can, through the, uh, we can have hardening of uh, the heart because of the way we hear. And, and we need, in a sense, our spiritual ears cleaned out because we're not receiving the Word of God the way God intends for us to. So again, he says, you have become dull of hearing. They had developed this condition. You know, one of the things I've noticed about new believers, oftentimes new believers uh, are, are receptive to the truth of the Word of God. They, they, they seem to have, to begin with, and that's described in the parable of the souls as well, they seem to have a, a receptivity to the Word of God, a hunger for the Word of God to begin with that God puts in their heart. So he's describing here a condition that has happened to them. They've regressed from the beginning when they first were saved and, and were, were hungry for the Word of God and excited about truth. But now uh, through time, by allowing, again, the cares of the world, by allowing other things to come and take their eyes off of Jesus, they've drifted, as the writer of Hebrews talks about, by allowing the world and the things of the world, perhaps it's computer or television or, or any other thing that you could allow into your life that would hinder your reception of 
the word of God. And the result is you're backing up. You're backing up instead of growing up. You're not receiving what God has for you. And it's resulted in stunted spiritual growth. Stunted spiritual growth. Dear brothers and sisters, could that be true of you today? And I want you to know, this is not something to be taken lightly. This is not something we got. You know, again, we walked with our community group and those who were close to Edwin and Sheila. We diligently prayed week after week for Luke. Why? Because this is a serious matter. It's a serious matter for, for Luke's development that he was not receiving the, the nourishment that he needed through solid food. And dear friend, it's a serious matter for you as a believer to be stunted in your growth. It robs God of his glory. It's hindering you from enjoying what God wants you to enjoy in the abundant life in your relationship with Christ. It's hindering you. It's hindering your witness as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't take this lightly. I want to just mention several things quickly as we think about receiving the Word of God. There's a lot that could be said about that, but I want to think specifically about even our gathering for the Word of God. Uh, And by the way, this is a question I want to ask you today. Are you availing yourself of every opportunity to get into the Word? Are you doing that? Not only through, uh, through uh, through your personal time with the Word of God, not just coming to Bible study or worship, uh, and I don't want you to see what I'm saying to you today as a list to check off. Okay, I've been to Sunday school this week. You know, like we used to do in our envelopes. Not, a, not all that bad, by the way. But, you know, I've, ch- I've been to Sunday school. I've been to training union. I've been to, you know, been to worship this week. I'm not just talking about clicking off a list. I'm just saying, are you availing yourself of opportunities? Our church provides you opportunity, uh, not only in worship here, but we have Bible study at 930. We have some excellent Bible studies that teachers pour over and pray over and come prepare to teach the Word of God? Are you availing yourself of those opportunities to grow spiritually by doing that? Are you availing yourself of the opportunity as we gather on Sunday evening for community groups to get into the Word of God? Are you availing yourself of the opportunity uh, as we gather again on Wednesday evening and, uh, and we study the Word of God together? Are you growing through those opportunities? Are you just sort of getting by? Are you kind of like some of you won't relate to this. You're too young to know, but do you sort of have the real cream attitude uh, when it comes to the Word of God? You know, a little dab will do you. And, uh, and, and that shouldn't be our attitude. But, but let me mention some things. How can you prepare your heart? Well, again, show up to hear the Word. That's the first thing. Show up to hear the Word. Secondly, be prayed up. And ask God to give you understanding. When you come together, have your heart ready to receive the Word of God. I mean, and again, don't stay up half the night on Saturday night or whenever and then come in sleepy-headed and can't, can't respond. Prepare your heart and pray up and ask God to speak to you. Read ahead. You know, we, we, let, we let you know ahead of time. We send out an email with a scripture passage and we give you some questions to prepare yourself and to think over and to come with yourself prepared to receive the Word of God and meditate in advance. So pray up and come prepared to receive the Word of God. And, and then uh, thirdly, take notes on the message. That's why we provide an outline. That's why we have an outline on the screen. We're trying to make give you more and more of an opportunity for you to take in all that you can. And and uh, you may some have their own journal and because they there's not enough room on their on their sheet and they want to keep good notes and some they can refer back to. Number four, pray through the application. Uh, you're not, the Bible says you're not to be merely a hearer of the word. 
You are to be a doer of the word. Listen, friends, you, brothers and sisters, you are responsible for what you hear. And, and, and you, when God gives you truth, you're responsible to hear it. You're also responsible if you don't show up, and you should have been here to hear it and receive it, but you're responsible for what you hear. You're accountable to God for what you hear. So again, take it seriously. Re- apply it. Repent where you need to repent. Obey where you need to obey. Again, pray through those things. Again, obey what you hear, living it out in daily life. And then next, number six, share it with others. You see, truth is not something we're just to receive for ourselves. Truth is something that we are to invest in others. That's a biblical principle. And we become responsible for what we hear, not just to keep it to ourselves, but to share it with others. And I urge you to do that. And then number seven, and this is a whole other subject really, but then daily feed on the Word of God in your own quiet time. Feed yourself daily or let God feed you daily by having a daily time in the Word of God. And so again, these are important aspects about having a heart that is not dull of hearing to the Word of God. Secondly, I want you to notice the characteristics of spiritual immaturity. Characteristics. First of all, there's several that are, that are mentioned here, three of them that I see. First of all is an inability to teach others. Notice in verse number 12, again, he says, uh, For by this time you ought to be teachers. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. So the first characteristic of spiritual immaturity is an inability to teach others. Now, I can imagine what some of you are thinking. Not me, Pastor. I am not a teacher. I've heard that many, many times through the years when I've uh, been responsible for going out and enlisting people to teach, whether it be preschool, children, youth, or adults. And uh, they said, no, 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 I'm not a teacher. Uh, Well, listen, don't get the idea that what he's talking about here is only about the position of teacher. We're not necessarily talking here about standing before a group of people or sitting in the midst of a group of people uh, and teaching a, a large group of people. That's not merely what he's talking about, though it certainly can include that when he says you ought to, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Uh, these folks had been believers, or at least professing believers, for quite some time. They'd been there long enough. Uh, they'd been professing Christ long enough that they should be teaching others. So what is he talking about when he's talking about their teaching? Well, certainly there's several things that all believers are responsible for doing, whether we have the position of teacher or not, ever or not. We are responsible as believers for teaching the gospel. We think about witnessing and sharing the gospel, as we saw recently in our Wednesday night study, really sharing the gospel is teaching the gospel. So we're responsible for that. But also, when, when a person comes to, know faith, comes to faith in Christ, as believers, we are responsible to be disciple makers, and we are to teach new converts. And that may be a one-on-one experience. And by the way, uh, beyond that, hus- Christian husbands are responsible for teaching their wives and their children. Mothers are responsible for teaching their children. Uh, grandparents are responsible for teaching their grandchildren. So all of us as believers are commissioned, if you will, 
based on the Great Commission, because Jesus said there, uh, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And Paul uh, told Timothy, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So listen, believer friend, whether you feel comfortable in standing in front of a crowd or not, that's okay. We're gifted differently. Not everyone is gifted in that regard to teaching, but every one of us is responsible to be teachers. And he's saying, listen, one of the evidences of your spiritual immaturity is you're not able to teach. You're not able to teach. And it's an indication of your spiritual immaturity. Could that be true of you today? How long have you been a believer? Are you teaching others? And, uh, you know, even a new believer can share what he or she is learning and how God is teaching them. So, dear friend, look at this. Take an inventory in your own life and ask, am I being a lazy, dull hearer of God's word or am I teaching others? Secondly, a need to return. Another characteristic is a need to return to beginning principles. Another indication of spiritual immaturity, a need to return to beginning principles. He says that again in, in, in verse 12. He said, for by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, he says, not solid food. And again, he's, he's saying you need this again, the basic principles. And this, this word basic principles was used to describe the alphabet. We would say, you need to go back and learn your ABCs. That's kind of where we start, right? We think of it in that way. And that's exactly the idea, your spiritual ABCs of the Christian gospel. Again, the oracles of God, we believe to be the gospel. He's saying you've forgotten the gospel. You need milk and not solid and, and not solid food. The indication again, again, is that they had begun to progress to solids, but now they had regressed and they needed to go back to milk. Paul said to the Corinthians, I had to address you as infants in Christ. I fed you with, with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not, you are not yet ready. So again, there are many, many like the Corinthians and uh, and, and believers today who should be moving ahead and should be going to solid food spiritually, they still have to be given milk. They still have to just go back to those basic principles. Again, just, just enough to get by seems to be the attitude. And, and this is a great, great concern. And again, one that people should truly search their heart about. Do you, do you, have to, do you need to go back to the basics? Do you know the gospel? Do you know the gospel? Blake's going to share with us in our first Wednesday worship, the, again, the message uh, of evangelism, the gospel. Do you know the gospel? Do you, do you remember the gospel? And, 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 uh, and again, we don't, we don't graduate from the gospel. We don't move beyond the gospel. But do we know the gospel? Do we need to be reminded, uh, uh, just, just again, those, those basic oracles and basic principles uh, that are needed. But then a third area is of, of evidence or characteristic is a lack of experience in the way of righteousness. Again, in verse uh, 13, he says, for everyone who loves milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. This word unskilled means without experience of. Some believe he's talking here about teaching uh, while, while others um, believe he's talking about obedience to the way of righteousness. Well, I, I believe it's both. 
Uh, Augustine, the early church father, taught that understanding the deep mysteries of God's word came not just through the mind, but also through holy living. Now, that's a pretty, pretty basic principle, isn't it? We know that so much of what we learn, how do we learn? We learn by doing, right? Nobody learned to become a, a, a great swimmer by standing up on the side of the pool. They jumped in and started swimming. And, and so that's true in the spiritual life, but it's true in regard to holy living, by being obedient to what God gives us. And I think also the principle is here that when we obey the light that give, God gives us, then he gives us more light. He gives us more as we obey what he gives us. James 1.25 says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Not just hearing, but doing. That's what God's calling us to do. But the lack of experience, again, the lack of obedience to what God shows us is a characteristic of spiritual immaturity. Children, you know, your parents tell you to, 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 to do something, and what do they, when do they expect you to do it? Immediately, right? Anything but instant obedience is what? Disobedience. And, and so when God shows us in his word, he expects us to obey him and to respond to him. And again, a lack of, of obedience and, and the way of righteousness, being without experience, that too adds to and is a characteristic of spiritual immaturity. Could it be that God is not giving you more light because you've not obeyed the light that he's already given you? Kent Hughes said, the truth is there is simply no such thing as a static Christian. We either move forward or fall back. We are either climbing or we are falling. We are either winning or we're losing. Static status quo Christianity, he said, is a delusion. So where are you right now? Where do you find yourself? Again, I ask you, are you growing up or are you backing up? But I want you to look with me now uh, at the cure for spiritual immaturity. A couple of things I'll mention to you. One from verse 14, and then we'll move on into chapter 6 and look briefly at chapter 6. The first thing I see in verse 14 in the cure for spiritual immaturity is to practice spiritual discernment. Notice again at, at verse uh, 14, he says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish from evil. This verse, I give, believe, gives us a brief characteristic of one who is spiritually mature. They're able to take in solid food. And when, what do you think of when you think of solid food? Well, spiritually, solid food are the, doc, the deep doctrines of God. You know what we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to, uh, to um, just think, well, that's too deep for me. I'm going to stay away from that. Uh, boys and girls, you ever, your mom ever say, well, maybe with some food, say, say to you, now, I know that you may not like this kind of food, but just try it. Just a bite. Did they ever say that to you? Yeah. And, and some of you as adults know, you didn't used to like squash, right? But you tried it, and now you like it, you know? And a few other things like that, you know? So, again, when you think about things that 
Look, some, don't just look at it like you do food and say, I don't like that. That's too hard for me. That's too difficult. I don't understand that. No, jump in. I mean, just say, Lord, teach me. Because, because again, you're indwelt by the Spirit of God. You have the Word of God. And, and if God's given this to you, you may not be ready for it yet. You may not grasp it all yet. You, I'm still growing. And there's a lot of things that God's still teaching me, praise God. And that's exciting about the Christian life. But again, um, th- this is a, a practicing spiritual discernment. And again, solid food. Uh, mature believers are continuously growing through their intake of the Word of God. He, he also says the mature, uh, growing Christians have their powers of discernment trained. Now, that, that, that may sound, what do you mean by that? Well, this word is the word we get the word gymnasium from. And uh, I know at Lucy, when we say gymnasium, what comes to our mind? Potluck, Right? But really, gymnasium wasn't originally just for potluck, right? Uh, The idea of gymnasium means athletic training. So athletic training, and that sounds kind of challenging, doesn't it? But that's exactly what it is. And and again, it's discipline. And again, this word uh, means, when he talks, the next word there um, for training uh, is, uh, is by constant practice. And again, it means regular habits. We develop godly habits or spiritual disciplines in our life. And, and again, uh, we, we all know how important that is, but sometimes we just get spiritually lazy. But spiritual disciplines, again, include the, the, the study of the Word of God. They include prayer, and, and they include worship, and evangelism, and discipleship, holy living. And the fruit of that results in being able to discern between good and evil, and truth and error. And again, some people are so, uh, so open to deceptive doctrine because they haven't disciplined themselves. And somebody can come along on the radio or the television, or they can read something and hear something, and because they haven't disciplined themselves, they're so open. They're, you know, they're so open-minded, their brains are falling out. You know? and, and they're just not, they don't have that spiritual discernment by constant practice. But again, we avoid evil and error because we know it will dishonor the Lord. It'll break our fellowship with Him. It will weaken or destroy our testimony, and it will stunt our growth. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. Are you training yourself in godliness? Are you disciplining yourself? You know, even, regardless of where we are in our spiritual life or how long we've been saved, how long we've been, been believers, we need discipline. We need spiritual disciplines in our life. But then secondly, Paul says, or rather the writer of Hebrews says, press on to maturity. And I'm just going to take that into verses one through three. We're not going to have time this morning to develop that fully. But, but again, having diagnosed their spiritual condition, which, uh, which is hindering their, their spiritual growth, he calls for several things. First of all, notice he calls for a decisive action. He said, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. He said, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Now, this is, this is calling for a decisive action. And, and don't get the idea when he uses the word leave, you think, so we just go off and leave those important doctrines? No. Uh, Brother Herb Hodges, I think, gave a good analogy or picture of this. He said it's, it's like these, these doctrines, these foundational doctrines, uh, the doctrine of Christ. He said that is the foundation. And he said, it's like a building. When you build a building, 
you have to have the foundation and you build up on that. You never leave the foundation. You stay firm with the foundation, but you just build on that so you can keep on completing the building. You know, that reminds me when we've had the opportunity to go to some other countries on mission trips and a lot of families in other countries uh, build their houses and up at the top of them, you see rhubarb coming up out of the house. What is that for? That's for future building. They're not finished yet. When their son gets married, they build another floor for he and his wife to live there with them. They just keep building up and up and up. Well, that's kind of what our Christian lives ought to look like. There ought to be rhubarb sticking up out of the corners of our houses because God's not finished with us yet. We, we, we're building on the foundation. And that's what the idea of this, of this picture is, building on that foundation. So there is a, a decisive action to say, Lord, I want to go on with you. I want to grow, Lord. And so there's a, there's a step of, of action there. Not abandoning, but building on. And then there is, then it calls for determination. He said, let us go on to maturity. And this word picture is of a ship at sea that is moved along by the wind in its sails. And, and get, Stephen Cole says, while spiritual growth is our responsibility and requires our effort beneath the whole process is God's power. So, so we, we go on to maturity, but we don't do it by ourselves. It's not that we just muster up. We, God gives us both the will. He gives us the power. He indwells us by the Spirit. The Word of God is living and powerful. We can't do it alone, but we do have to be determined and have to be obedient to what He gives us. He then lists several foundational tenets. And uh, he calls them to move, uh, that he calls them to move from. And again, I'm not going to say a lot about this, except these tenets are found both in Judaism and in Christianity. And, and uh, they're important, but again, staying there uh, doesn't produce spiritual growth. And then finally, he calls them to dependence on the Father. Notice that he, he goes on, uh, as he says uh, to them here, he says uh, in verse three, and this we will do if God permits. So you see the determination, this we will do if God permits. Now, he's certainly not implying that he's not sure whether or not God wants us to grow. Of course God wants us to grow. But what he is saying is, again, we are totally dependent upon him. We look to him to enable us to grow. Spiritual growth is something we must obey in, in, in experiencing. However, God is the one that produces the growth. God gives the growth. He matures us. He conforms us further to the image of Christ. So to press on in maturity, we must be in total dependence upon God and his power and his word. Well, Blake mentioned it in his prayer this morning. The Christian life and the Word of God is, is likened several times to a race. Paul uses that terminology and that, that description of the Christian life. And he said in Philippians chapter 3.13, One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You watch the Olympics, you know how the races, they'll, they'll have the winner and it happens so fast, you know, you think, man, how did that happen? But then they'll show it to you in slow motion and you know, you just see 
boy, how do they run? They're, are they just kind of out there jogging around a little bit? No, they're not doing that. In fact, John Phillips described the race this way, the, the Christian runner. He said his head is thrust forward. His expression is set in fiercely determined lines. His body is straining toward the goal. His every nerve is tense. His breath is coming in gasps. And his whole being is stretched to the utmost. Every last ounce of energy and willpower he has is being spent to win the prize. Does that sound like you? Does that describe the way you're running the Christian life? Does that sound like the way you look at spiritual growth, at spiritual maturity? I'm afraid that doesn't describe too many folks who call themselves Christian. But that's how Paul saw the Christian life. And again, he said, I press toward the prize, for the, toward the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is this prize? It is to know Christ in all of his fullness. It is to be conformed to the image of Christ. It is becoming like Jesus. And ultimately we said we will never arrive this side of heaven. That's why none of us can rest on our laurels. None of us can coast None of us can get lazy or become dull of hearing or think, well, I think I'll just coast a while or I just don't really feel like doing that. No, dear friend, we are in a race to the glory of God. We want to know Jesus. Paul said that I may know him. And many believe Paul was in his 80s when he said that. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection that I may know him. Oh, dear friend, you may know him, but are you longing to know him better? Do you desire to know him with all of your heart? Dear friend, again, whether we're 12 or 112, we cannot become lazy or satisfied with where we are. Because God's goal is to make us like Jesus. And his work this side of heaven will not be done. When we lived down in Mobile, we bought our first house and our boys were very small. And we took them into the kitchen and the, where there was a pantry door there. And we, we, uh, we had them stand there and we got the, the ruler or the yardstick and we, we marked where they were put their name there and the date. And then, you know, maybe a few months later, we came back and did it again and put the date there. And, and we could measure their growth and see how, how they were, were, uh, were growing. How, how do we measure our growth as believers? Can we see that we're growing, that we're becoming more like Jesus? I just want to ask you some questions as we prepare to close this, this message this morning. Are you growing? Are you growing in Christ? Or are you backing up? Are you growing up or backing up? Are you growing in your worship? Is, is your worship of Jesus becoming more glorious? And as you love him more and express your worship to him, are you growing in your worship? Are you growing in your study of God's word? Are you reading it now for how many times you've read it? You're reading that passage again and you're seeing new things and God is showing you things and God is changing you through the word of God. Are you growing in God's word or do you just have the attitude, oh, well, I got it done. I can mark it off the list. Are you growing in your prayer life? 
Are you truly growing and seeing God answer prayer and growing more and more to look forward to being with God and spending time with him in prayer? Are you growing as a, as a witness in sharing the gospel? None of us have arrived at this, but are you, do you have that desire in your heart? Do you see God teaching you how you can be a more effective witness? And are you, are you longing to share the gospel and looking forward to that? Are you growing in your discipleship and teaching others and helping disciple others in their relationship with Christ? Are you growing in your service with the spiritual gifts that God has given to you? And do you see God using you as you grow in serving him and serving others through his local church? And then are you growing in your role in your family as a husband or as a wife or as a grandfather or grandmother or as a son or a daughter? Are you growing in your relationships with your families or as a brother or sister? Dear friend, today I challenge you let God speak to you. Let this be a day of change in your life. That you stop the pattern of coasting. That because actually you're not. You're backing up. If you're not growing up, you're backing up. And let this be the day for you that you get back in the race, running the race at God's pace to his glory. And let God continue to mature you for his glory so that you can enjoy the fullness of all that God has for you in Christ. This is Pastor David Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that God used his word in your life today. If you do not have a relationship with God, the Bible says you can as you turn from your sin, place your faith in Christ Jesus, his death for you on the cross and his resurrection from the dead and surrender your life to Jesus as Lord. We'd like to invite you to join us for worship. You can find information about the times and locations for all of our gatherings on our website at lucybaptist.com. If you have any questions, or if we can minister to you in any way, please call us at 901-872-0623 or email us at info at lucybaptist.com.